0: what is going on comic fam it's your boy the bearded comic bro and i am joined by comic creator carla nabby welcome to the show
1: hello thank you so much for having me on
0: Absolutely. <laughs> i it's so funny because you were in a group chat together on like instagram yeah i so you know i saw you had a book come out and my you know lost in comics my friends they had a variant cover i was like oh that's cool i gotta check it out and then like a couple weeks ago you're like oh my friend hs tack has a book you gotta check it i'm like just <laughs> interviewed him like and then like just the other day you're like oh my friend rylan i'm like rylan's been on the show more than i have i'm like why are we not talking yet? like we should be best friends <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and now you gotta have uh, my friend Stephen prince on next then because he he's been on tour oh he's been on tour he's awesome <laughs>
0: monster matador we was just on a couple weeks ago for oh, fabulous so we just so it's like it was destined to be like you had to Destinous. be a part of the show um <laughs> and but i'm excited you have a book that's out right now with second site publishing uh, called Duplicant, and we're gonna jump into that and talk about that real quick but before we do i want to just know how did you get into reading comics or just fall like get into the hobby of comics
1: Uh, It came to me much later in life. I was already probably into my 30s by the time I got into comics. And I had a friend who convinced me to go to conventions. I'd always been like, oh, they're so crowded. And I finally went because she was speaking on a panel. And I was like, I am an idiot. I should have been doing this my whole life. I was like, these are my people. This is the best thing ever. You know, seeing people in costumes and everything. And then I started meeting comic book people. So Himkar had Boy One. One out at the time when I got into comics and then my friend Mark uh, Miller who used to work with Clive Barker he had a book out at the time through Clive Barker's imprint and you know I just it started to like have all these people that I knew were getting into comics and so that's kind of what delved me into it.
0: It's So cool it's what's it's so funny like that how it seems like the comic community is so just Uh, tight knit and you know this one you know this one like it's so cool Um, and I love it (laughs) so how did you then so how did that transition of kind of getting exposed in the comics then translate to like I want to do this I want to write a comic
1: I was working on duplicate as a pilot script and I had finished it and my agent was trying to get me out for meetings for staffing and we were having trouble kind of getting a foothold in there and I think I don't remember if like I had heard of someone who had adapted their book into a com- their script into a comic book or what, but there was something in the ether that was like, well, maybe this might be a good idea. And I was like, well, I have literally no idea how to write comic books at all. I was like, put me a TV script or like a feature film. I know those backwards and forwards. Cause as a script coordinator, that was my job was to proof and format those scripts. So like do that in my sleep, but comics, I was like, ah, uh, And I couldn't really find anything online about comic scripts. It seemed like there was no set format, which coming from film and TV kind of blew my mind. I was like, what? There's no set format. (laughs) So I was like, all right. I said, I need to go back to school. Basically, I was like, I need to find a class. And I found one class that was online, but I'm not a very good online learner. And so I kept digging and I found this class at Meltdown Comics in West Hollywood, which is where I met Ryland and where I met Steve. So right. we all took uh Ryland and I took this comic book class together the first one which was supposed to be just like a standalone issue, you know, how to how to write a comic book, but we're just going to do a standalone issue. And of course Ryland and I were like, well, maybe we should do this like as a series instead cuz I went in and I was like, well, I'm just going to do a one-off series of Pamela cuz in my pilot script Pamela is a one scene person. That's it. She appears in one scene and then she's gone. And so I realized when I was adapting her into this pilot, into the comic script, which was issue one, she needed a much bigger arc. She needed to become a much bigger character. And I was like, I really felt like I loved this writing comic books. It was challenging, but in a good way. And it felt like all the stuff I had learned through all my years in film and TV had helped me be able to like wrap my head around how to write this. Yeah. And so Ryle and I, I got the teacher to create a class on doing comic book series, like how to do a series proposal. So then that's where Steve came in and took this class. And so, yeah, it was just like, from there it was history. That's where duplicate was developed and that's where Banjax and Aberrant were developed. That's
0: so cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, cause I mean, literally the first person I ever, when I started doing YouTube back in you know March last year when COVID hit as kind of an escape, Rylan was the first one on my channel. And so I, I got very familiar with Banjax and Aberrant. And very quickly then I found about Steven and with Monster Matador. And it's just, it's it's so cool to hear kind of the origin story of like, you know, going through, you know, going through this with other creators and other writers. Um, and that's just so neat. I had a couple of weeks ago on the show uh Clay Adams.
1: Oh yeah, Clay, Clay is the one who builds all my Kickstarter pages. <laughs>
0: Well, he, he talks about how he did, he was doing, tried out a class at like NYU and and did the same type of thing. And it's, like, it's just such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about Duplicant then. This is okay. this is your, you know, this is your first foray into comics, correct? Duplicant? Yes. Okay. So if someone is, hasn't gotten to read issue one yet, you definitely still can hop in on board. You know, issue two is coming out hopefully this week uh, with everything like that. But What is Duplicant about?
1: Okay, so Duplicant is... First, I should say Duplicate was written before our current pandemic, but it's set in the future during a pandemic of organ failure. And it focuses on the scientist Matt Travers, who creates duplicate organs. So instead of getting in a human organ when, say, like your lung or your heart fails, you get a perfect copy of your organ that's printed for you. But the cost is so high, you're sold into indentured servitude. So you might end up doing work you never wanted to do in your life. And that's what happens to our lead character, Pamela. And when she starts to hear that there might be some fatal flaw with the tech, like the rumor mill is churning, then she decides to seek out Matt Travers to see if he can help her. And that starts him on a journey to find out if something has been done with his tech because he only wanted it to do good. So he's been as frustrated as everyone else that it's been monetized in this way. That's so
0: cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I uh, I got to read issue one um, and it's if you're reading issue one you're captivated you're like i want to dig into this world so much and see you know because you you leave issue one on a cliffhanger and i'm not going to spoil <laughs> anything for people but you're like
1: uh, uh.
0: <laughs> the universe that you just have created i think it's gonna it's something that people it it seems science fiction but it almost seems like it could be a really soon reality
1: yeah, much sooner than I think, you know, at the time when I created it in like 2015 than I realized it would be.
0: <laughs> so where did this idea concept kind of come about for your story?
1: Um, so I originally, I think there's like a letter in the back of issue one where I kind of like talk about how it went through a bunch of different iterations, uh, which is unique to what's in stores as opposed to what I do on my Kickstarter, the, the letter part. But I was... I had seen Repo, The Genetic Opera, at this little theater in New York when it came out. And I was like, that's a great idea. That would be like, how would you do that as a TV show? That would be super cool. And then, you know, Minority Report and Blade Runner are I love those movies. You know, I own both, and I've seen them probably so many times I can quote them back to everyone. And then at the t- at the time, it just happened when I was doing the research ideas that there was all these articles on like BBC and stuff about 3D printing of Mm -hmm. organs like what was going on with those fields and with nanotechnology as a medical device. And so it just seemed like a perfect storm of things that were happening at the time, and then also just like coming off of my own experiences with medical issues and not having insurance and And debt and that type of stuff, like having to make decisions about whether you are going to take care of yourself or not because you can't afford it. And, um, you know, the other thing when I was actually writing the comic book part that came up as an influence for me was having grown up during the AIDS epidemic and how people were treated then as though, you know, they were toxic when they were the absolute opposite of that. So that was a big influence. So people, I think when they're reading it now, they're like, oh, she was influenced by what's happening today but it was actually (laughs) the AIDS epidemic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting to see like how, you know, real life and how like things that have impacted our our lives and stuff, how it translates into the stories that uh, you as a creator are telling. And, and I think it's a story that people like can resonate with, I, you know, dealing with, you know health insurance and dealing with like do it do i go to the dentist even get this crown done because nice. it's going to cost me this much money and it's like is it worth it and mm-hmm. do you kind of pick and choose and then this idea in your story of the indentured servitude um and it just is it's it's like it says like it's science fiction with like right. the idea that like It's dosed heavily, it seems like, in our reality.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's definitely heavily influenced by a lot of stuff I think people can relate, unfortunately, can relate to.
0: (laughs) So you said this started as a Kickstarter. Um,
1: Yeah, so I had done the... So the first issue I did in the comic book writing class as far as the script, and then I, I paid to have it drawn, and then there was a gap cause I got a publisher right away. And unfortunately that didn't work out. So once I got the book back from the publisher, then I did issue two. And then at that point I was like, well, what do I do with this now? Cause I was having trouble finding a publisher at that point but also I was like, I can't afford to keep taking out loans right. to do this book. I had paid for issue one cause I had two jobs at the time and then issue two was a loan. And then I had my son and I was like, I can't. <laughs> Like that can't just keep taking out loans. So that's when I did the Kickstarter. And of course the Kickstarter was January of 2020. It ended in February of 2020 and it was like, and then we were in a real pandemic and I had a book about a pandemic.
0: (laughs) So you were the cause of the pandemic.
1: (laughs) I was the cause of the (laughs) pandemic, exactly. (laughs)
0: You spoke it's been, it into existence, it's, Thanks, it's, Carla.
1: exactly. I know. I, I manifested it. I, well, it's definitely been creepy seeing how like close to reality I got some of the stuff. Where I was like, uh. You're like, well, it's only, uh,
0: You know, uh, talking with Jonathan Hedrick. One point, he did the book The Reekout, and right. like it. Oh, came and up, then the, like yeah. during the political, <laughs> up, right? I'm like, this is crazy. How these like, are combining for you guys as creators, and and so. so So how did then taking it, how did you go from this process of taking it from Kickstarter to now bringing it to Second Sight and getting connected with them and putting it through Diamond and stuff like that? What was that process like?
1: So uh, the Kickstarter for issue, was for issue, the first one was for issue one and two, and that was basically just to fund printing of the book and getting it into people's hands, but I raised enough over it to fund art on issue three. So then, you know, I did a Kickstarter for issue three. I did a Kickstarter for issue four. And in between then, I had seen an article that Second Sight was looking for content, specifically science fiction content. And I was like, all right, let me just send them an email. So, you know, do, 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 send. And then it was like, ring, 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 ring. And it was Spike, who's the editor in chief. He called me within like 15 minutes and was like, we want to buy your book. <laughs> Which was wild, and then I was like talking to Marcus, and and uh, I was talking to Bradley. I was talking to all the heads of the company on the same day, and I think we had the contract signed within like a month. So, at the time, they were just going to be doing distribution themselves. They weren't in Diamond yet. So we actually were like just starting in the process of trying to do direct sales. I want to say I'm like. October or something of last year, but then all of a sudden they found out they got into Diamond and I was like, full stop. <laughs> now we're pushing everything off so we can be officially in yeah. Diamond. Yeah, that's
0: that's so cool. Um, and so issue one came out, what, last month?
1: A- April. A- April, April, yeah. Okay.
0: And what was that, like, what was that experience for you? Like just being able to hold your comic book that you know people can buy through a store in your hands?
1: It was wild. So I live in a pretty like small town here. So I keep joking that I'm, I hopefully this won't offend anyone who lives here, but I keep joking that I'm like the most interesting person in the area. Cause I keep ending up on the local news here. Um, you know, so like I had done this thing where I was trying to get this crosswalk Uh, fixed in the area and I ended up like on the news twice for that and then you know when I was like well I was like maybe they'll be interested in this comic book thing like how many people in this town do comic books so I ended up with like a newspaper article and like two uh, news reports and one was before the book came out and one was at Jaff Comics in Bethlehem that came to interview me on the day that it hit stores and that was really cool because there were the store was like hopping it was super super busy you wouldn't expect it because it's on this like road in Bethlehem. It's not in the main town where everything is. And it was like crazy busy. And so people were listening to what I was saying as I was being interviewed. And then all of a sudden I had people like grabbing the book off the shelf and coming up to me to sign the book, which I've never had before. And I was like, this is really cool. <laughs>
0: that's awesome
1: that's really cool and I I my husband took the day off of work to watch our son and my friend Stacy drove out and we like we drove up to Scranton to where it was at Scranton and we drove out to Philadelphia to the one comic book store was at there so I like I found it in three stores around me and it was literally the entire day to drive (laughs) to drive to each one that was awesome and I left postcards at each one from my like the stretch goals from my kickstarters so whoever bought the book got like this little extra bonus. Nice.
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's a that's a nice little uh, little treat then for people that, yeah. <laughs> that, that go support you. So is this the same do you have the same team that was involved with the Kickstarter that's on the process with the book now moving forward it, it was have pieces moved or
1: the only piece that moved, were, uh, two pieces that moved, so Vince Hernandez was the editor on the first book, but because there was a, you know, a big gap between issue one and two, he ended up just being too busy to continue oh. on with the book after that as an editor. And then Josh Reed was my lettering guy on issue one, and he also created the logo, and he got hired at DC while he was lettering my book, and they are like, you don't do outside projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... He helped me get Carlos, who has done the lettering since that. Okay,
0: so same art, same color, like so people can pick that up. So, let's talk more about duplicate. Um, this world we create, you created, you talked about how. You know we've mentioned how it seems kind of non science fiction y, kind of from the aspect <laughs> of our real world. But right. do you have a do you have like do you have a script written out of like how far you are taking this story? Is this kind of a you know, I you see it as a mini series, or do you see it like this could be ongoing? Like, how far do you vision out this series?
1: Well, important point is for some reason, Diamond keeps saying this is only three issues for the first arc, it's not. <laughs> it's one of five for the first arc um so I actually just finished the script for issue five about two weeks ago and that's going to be the biggest issue of the five it's probably going to be over 30 pages by the time we're done editing it and everything which is massive so poor Mariana is going to be like (laughs) her hand's going to be numb by the end of it but um yeah so we're doing that and then I thought originally when I broke it in the class with Jim Higgins at Meltdown, it was going to be 15 issues, but that was before I realized you have to pay to make your own books. I naively thought comic books worked like a regular publisher for regular books and they give you like money to do this. And then I found out the hard way that they don't when I approached publishers at conventions and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I was thinking it was going to be 10 issues, but my publisher definitely seems like they want me to continue past 10. So I got to figure that out if that's something I can and want to do.
0: Yeah. But definitely, definitely you have a, an expansive universe that you're kind of digging into and we're going to get, to explore here for sure.
1: Yeah. There'll definitely be one more arc after the first five. And there's, I want to say there's a break between when three and four are coming out. So three should be out in august but four won't be out until november okay and then five is out in january okay
0: so there's some so it just is going to be you know a slow burn for people to get to enjoy it and soak it in <laughs> for sure and
1: cliffhangers in every every I, uh issue
0: <laughs> i i don't doubt it after reading issue one i'm like all right here we go i'm i'm strapped in let's go for this so. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool so do you have anything else that you know you're kind of working on, or uh, or is your most of your focus right now on duplicate and this universe?
1: Um, let's see, I I have a short comic I did for Clay's Nightmare Theater Anthology. Yeah. yeah, so yep. that is available now through my Instagram. It's on my link tree. It's actually available for free to download off Gumroad, but if you p- decide to pay anything, it goes to two different charities equally that I have listed in the description. And then uh Friction, which is a quarterly anthology, they're c- teaming up with Kelly Sue DeConnick to do what's called The Unseen Issue for, I want to say December, and I wrote a comic script that's going to appear in that, which I'm excited about. And then I'm creating a animated series with my friend Sapphire, who's a paranormal expert that's set in the Philippines. <laughs> yes. So we're really hoping to sell it. Uh, we're working on the pilot script now. We have the pitch already finished. And yeah oh and my kids book but that's kind of on the back burner at the moment (laughs) (laughs) because i just
0: like you got a lot that you're juggling right now and (laughs) yeah and
1: i still have to do fulfillment on issue four i'm waiting for the printer to send me the final book so i can start packing and shipping yeah
0: (laughs) That's so cool. It's funny. You mentioned the nightmare theater. Cause I feel like throughout my interviews, people are like, Oh, I have a story in nightmare theater. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so excited for that to come out because I feel like I backed it back in the fall and I'm like, it should be coming to my house soon. And I'm excited yeah. re-
1: because
0: it is, <laughs> it's, I don't even remember how I got connected to that and followed that Kickstarter, but it feels like everyone. It was probably I Ryland was or
1: steven Yeah, steven had a Stephen had a story in it. Ryland okay. didn't, but steven did. I did, and like everyone I know had a story in it.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's all like everyone's so like,
1: oh, you're. I'm like, oh, okay, you're in the. <laughs>
0: so, oh, and David
1: P. he had a story in it too. If you've interviewed David, yep, I know I... David. Yep,
0: David's <laughs> been on the show, so <laughs> everyone okay. <laughs> So if you haven't been on my show, you are not involved in this Kickstarter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Um, man, I'm excited to just continue to read this series of what you have created. Um, you know, I've got the variant cover right there from my homies, Lost in <laughs> Comics, that they did. Uh, and <laughs> that's just so cool, too. You know, first comic, you're getting variant covers out, like people like... <laughs> that has to be encouraging to you that people are excited about this book, it seems.
1: It's yeah, it seems like people are really excited about it, which is which is promising. And it definitely helps my anxiety as the person that's like, hey, is everyone gonna hate it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Well, what's the best way for people if they want to follow like what you're working on, what you're creating, what's the best way for people to stay in contact with you?
1: Uh so what I'm about. on Twitter and Instagram under musings by crazed. And I I know my link tree is definitely on. Instagram I don't remember if I have it set up on Twitter my website is my name Carla nappy.com and then on Facebook, I have a page for duplicate which is facebook.com slash duplicate comic
0: nice and all the links uh that you just mentioned are in the description of this video below so if you're watching make sure you guys go click on those uh support carl support duplicate i'm telling you what gang <laughs> it's so good i think you're going to really dig it um and i am excited for people to get more into this world for sure so uh i don't want to take up too much of your time i know you're busy you've got a lot of stuff going on um so thank you so much for just taking some time to talk comics with me.
1: Oh yeah. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And we're gonna have to do it again because it sounds like you've got so much coming on. And and let's be honest, uh I, I'm tired of Steven and Ryan on my show. We need we need you back. <laughs>
1: we should have all three of us on a show
0: yes we'll make it work we'll do it sometime because I mean let's be honest Ryland's probably dropped three kickstarters since we've started talking This I, interview. I,
1: I don't know how he keeps up with as much as he does I'm like I've got I've got a kid too and he's got a kid and I, well, I'm home with my son all the time I we don't have the money to put him in daycare so I think yeah. that's the big difference
0: oh man <laughs> Well, we definitely make a, we should do a group group chat sometime. Absolutely, because I
1: actually read. So after we did that class, Steve Ryland and Jeff Leeds, who's another creator you should interview, he, okay. Steve mainly does anthologies and yeah. we all read each other's stuff. So I've literally read every issue of Banjax, every issue of Aberrant before they've been drawn, every issue of The Jump, The Peacekeeper, his new series. Uh, oh my gosh, Suicide Jockeys, yep. literally everything. Same with Monster Matador. So every good. single issue so they've read every issue of duplicate
0: it's so good <laughs> yes like it's that's awesome and i'm i'm excited to just that you've created such a cool world and i think people are really you're hearing it already i think from people talking about the book i think more uh are just going to be excited for duplicate so uh again thank you so much for just yeah, taking some you. time to talk comics with me <laughs> and we will make that happen uh for sure and gang Hopefully you can find some time to curl up, grab a book, and nerd out. (laughs) Peace.